Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word Jerry. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Uh, it just gets better and better. I have to say this has uh, been a wonderful few days. I'll say a wonderful week. Go back to last week and uh, we'll just run down some of the, uh, the terrific... Uh, 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 news that's breaking left and right. I, I must say I'm a little disappointed. I just checked Keith Oldman's uh, Twitter feed. Lots of dogs. He's uh, big into rescuing pit bulls, which someone's got to do it, but uh, nothing about leaving Twitter. I was kind of hoping for a classic Keith Oldman meltdown. I will predict that's coming today. That is coming today. Keith Oldman will not be able to handle the fact that uh, his opponents, his adversaries, will now be able to speak freely. That's not going to sit well with crazy Keith. He'll be out on his deck, out on his little porch at uh, overlooking Central Park, ranting and raving about how uh, Elon Musk is an enemy of the people. This is glorious. I have to say, I know I'm enjoying it a little too much. It's not that important. I know everybody's not on Twitter. I know everybody doesn't trust Elon Musk to uh, to open this up to to free speech to open it up to everybody, but maybe maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Whatever, I judge things as I've told you before. Most of the time, when I vote, I vote against people. I root against people when I watch sports. It's just the way I am. It's it's fun. Um, I judge things on how my enemies, how the worst people in the world react. And they're not, they're not loving this. Um, Elon Musk is a African-American billionaire, the richest man in the world, an absolute hero uh, in, by any definition. I mean, he's, hell, he was a hero to liberals, you know, three days ago because he uh, didn't invent the electric car, but he certainly uh, advanced it. They were all driving Teslas thinking they were saving the world and they were all grateful to Elon Musk. He's sending rockets to the moon or to Mars or wherever they go. He's digging tunnels. This is a guy who allegedly doesn't own a home. He doesn't care where he sleeps. You know, he puts a bunk in his office and and stays there because he works, you know, 18 hours a day. This is a guy who could have easily done what Jeff Bezos did and bought the biggest yacht in the world. This is a guy who could have done what, what John Henry did and buy his young wife a, a plaything, bought her the Boston Globe and a soccer team so she would be happy. This this is a guy, he, he could have 
he could have taken his money and just been a comfortable member of the billionaire class, gone to the Kentucky Derby, you know, and gone to Davos and gone to Sun Valley. But he's not interested in that. He's interested in in moving forward, innovating. And I know it's hard to say what he's done with Twitter is more important than what he did with Tesla or SpaceX. But to me, it is. To me, in my world, it was the last, I don't know, a couple of years has been chilling. The the war against free speech from the people on the left, from the Biden regime and the slash the, the Democrats and slash media all in it together. And I think the scariest component was big tech, the way they suppressed all dissent, the way they uh, the, the way they decided there was only one uh, way. There was only one uh, attitude or only one mindset, only one opinion uh, that was allowed. It had to jive with theirs. And if you didn't buy into the group think, boom, you were gone. You were silenced. You were a non-person. And we've talked about this pretty much daily for the last two years. You weren't allowed to question Dr. Fauci. You weren't allowed to question Pfizer the vaccines, masks. If you did, you were banned. You, your, your opinion was suppressed. It was frightening. And the most frightening thing was these alleged liberals, alleged civil libertarians applauded it, cheered it, said, good, shut them up. They took the president of the United States off of Twitter, off of YouTube, off Facebook, and, and people, alleged liberals, applauded, said, good, get rid of him. We only want one side to speak. And Elon Musk did this because of censorship, because of suppression. He did this, as I said, and I have to be honest here, I feel like I was uh, ahead of the curve on this one, Ironhead. I said, he's doing it because of what Twitter did to his friends at the Babylon Bee. Yes. He spent $44 billion because they messed with the Babylon Bee, which is a satire site, which is, as far as I can see, has not been reinstated. As we no. sit here this morning, uh, sit here this morning, uh, one big name has been reinstated, and that's Tucker Carlson, which is good. Tucker tweeted out last night, we're back. He's not a big tweeter. He didn't tweet anything really dangerous. All he did was retweet or re restate what... Uh, the Babylon B and Charlie Kirk did. He said, Rachel Levine is a man. And that was forbidden. That was verboten, according to the rules of the hard left of the authoritarians in Silicon Valley. You can't say a man is a man. You can't say Leah Thomas is a man who is beating up on the girls in the pool. That was forbidden. And you were banned and you were forced to apologize, delete the tweet and apologize. Babylon B wouldn't do that. As I mentioned last week, um, Elon Musk loves the Babylon Bee. Hell, he went on their podcast. I didn't even know they had a podcast. And he sat down with them and drank Trulies and talked about free speech. And then they then then Twitter uh, came down hard on Babylon Bee. And I will, I, I'm convinced that was the motivation here. I'm convinced what he said last week in, in Vancouver at that TED Talk that economics has nothing to do with it. <clears throat> I believe that. I believe that. This is not, he's not doing this for the money. Hell, he didn't do Tesla for the money or SpaceX for the money. It turned out pretty good. I mean, he's the richest man in the world by far, 
but he has other motivations. And in this case, he was like a lot of people. He was like millions of Americans. It pissed him off, the unfairness of it all, the, the, the un-American way they went about this and said, we don't like what you said about Dr. Fauci. You're gone. We don't like what you said about Rachel Levine. Rachel Levine, by the way, I keep reminding people of this, who is a despicable person. You can call, you can call her Rachel. You can call her she. You can say she's a wonderful woman, but you can't deny the fact that she put senior citizens with COVID into nursing homes and killed thousands of people. That that brought down Andrew Cuomo, and it got Rachel Levine uh, an appointment in the administration. It got Rachel Levine a a a a uniform and stars and bars as an admiral. They made they made her an admiral. The woman who the man who put COVID positive patients in nursing homes in Pennsylvania took her mother out in the dead of the night, put her in the hotel, watched as thousands of senior citizens died. She did this and then she got an appointment from Biden. And then she got that silly little uniform and called herself an admiral. That person you weren't allowed to criticize. It's amazing what being transgender does. It gives you this cone of protection where you're not allowed to criticize. And if you do, man, we will shut you up. We will uh, close you down. That's what happened to the Babylon Bee. They named her man of the year. It was a joke. So they take down Babylon B and their good friend Elon Musk says, oh yeah, not so fast. This is so great that you sit there and you wonder, like, what would you do if you had $260 million, $260 billion and you could literally buy anything and change anything? I heard uh, Greg Gutfeld said he'd buy Delta Airlines because they piss him off. I'd buy, <laughs> I definitely, well, I would definitely buy an airline or, you know, whatever, a plane or two if I had $260 billion. But this guy decided, you're going to mess with my friends? I We'll see. We'll see who has the last word here. So he buys the company. And there's all kinds of stories out there about the people at Twitter who are a big bunch of woke uh, frauds and they're all threatening to quit and they're all threatening to, you know, to, to walk out today, but uh, they don't, and there's nothing to walk out of as, as um, Musk said, he went to the headquarters. He said, we should turn it into a homeless shelter because nobody shows up to work. They all work remotely from San Francisco, from their, from their lofts in San Francisco. Uh, those people are all threatening to quit. None of them's going to actually quit because what would be the rationale? A guy wants to open up their platform to free speech to everybody. And you're, that's going to force you to quit. This is, I, I tweeted this last night and I believe it. I thought it was tough to top Ron DeSantis for po- pure political brilliance, for po- pure strategic brilliance. Ron DeSantis did two things in the last month. One, he forced his opponents to fight for the right to te- of teachers to talk to six-year-olds about sex. That was, he banned, he uh, proposed a ban on talking about sex and gender, gender theory and sexual orientation with kindergarten to three-year-olds. We talked about it here. It was, you know, you're talking five to eight-year-olds. So what did they do? They defended that. They defended and said, no, we need to talk to kids, six-year-olds about sex. We need to talk to them about transgenderism. He put them in a corner 
and made them look like fools. And then obviously the law passed and they cried literally Jen Psaki literally cried because kids, because teachers in Florida can no longer talk to six-year-olds about sex. That is what you call a master stroke politically. Then he took it one further. He, he took away all the special privileges of Disney because Disney went all in on the uh, grooming bill, on the, on the don't say gay bill, which is all the fault of the Democrats because they forced Disney to take a stand, to take their side. Disney did. It was obviously very unpopular. We got to see and hear because of, of these leaked videos uh, from the Disney executives who were fighting hard for, you know, the rights of pansexuals, whatever those are. And <clears throat> once again, DeSantis won. He stripped Disney of their special privileges, forcing Democrats to do what? To defend a big, scary corporation and fight for their right to not pay their fair share. It was brilliant by DeSantis. And I think he will ride this wave all the way to the White House. God, I hope so. But, oh, by the way, we'll get to Donald Trump. We'll get to the one big impediment on DeSantis's road to the White House because everyone's wondering when he's coming back to uh, Twitter. We'll see. We have a, we have a statement from him, and uh, we'll see. But back to Musk. Think of what Musk just did. He forced millions of Democrats, liberals, media people, all, again, I repeat myself, he forced them to fight against free speech. That's what they're doing. They're fighting for this one social media platform to continue to censor one side of the debate. We're not talking about inciting violence. We're not talking about spreading child pornography. Of course, there are ways, there are reasons you would have to moderate content. We're talking about pure political censorship and they are defending it. This morning, I just uh, tweeted at Liz Warren, who yesterday said, quote, this deal is dangerous for our democracy. Billionaires like Elon Musk play by a different set of rules than everyone else, accumulating power for their own gain. Now, I'm just going to ask, did Liz Warren think it was dangerous when billionaire Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post? What about when billionaire Carlos Slim bought the New York Times? What about when Steve Jobs' widow took all the money that he earned and bought the Atlantic, well, some of the money, and bought the Atlantic magazine, which became a mouthpiece for these far-left nuts? What about, um, oh, I don't know, John Pizzuti, owner of the Boston Red Sox? What about when he spent his money on the Boston, well, actually he didn't spend money on the Globe. He spent money on the Boston Globe real estate, on the building, and they threw in the worthless newspaper for free. Was that dangerous, Liz Warren? Or was that cool? Because uh, John Henry and Linda Pizzuti are in your back pocket. And, and by the way, so is the Washington Post. So is the New York Times. They're all cool, right, Liz? They're cool. Billionaires buying newspapers, buying media outlets. That's cool as long as they agree to censor Liz Warren's opponents. Again, masterstroke. What Musk did was force these alleged liberals to defend censorship, to fight against free speech. That is why people like me 
are enjoying this so much. And again, maybe I'm going overboard. Maybe it won't be, there won't, there won't be any dramatic changes. I think there will be, but maybe I'll be disappointed, but I don't care when you can force Liz Warren to say it's dangerous for a billionaire to buy a media outlet when all the media outlets, all the major players are owned by billionaires, billion, including by the way, uh, ABC owned by Disney, <laughs> uh, owned by an, a mean, uh, a scary corporation. When they all support her and her radical agenda, that's cool. When this guy, by the way, I said it, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. He's not going to censor his opponents. He's not going to censor you, Liz Warren, like way the way your friends, you know, Prarag Agrawal and company censored Donald Trump. He's not going to uh, say we have to stop our enemies from speaking. That's, you know, if he did that, I'd, I'd enjoy that too. But uh, he's going to let everyone speak. And Liz Warren hates that. So does, uh, let me, I, I made a quick list of people who are, who are very upset by this. Rob Reiner, I, I tweeted at Meathead as well. What is, let me let me get Rob Reiner's tweet because he thinks this is the end of civilization. A, a billionaire buys Twitter and returns it and re, kind of re, reinstates the whole platform as a platform for free speech. Rob Reiner is very upset. Joy Reid, of course. And my favorite, as far as I could tell, Sean King who's the fake black guy, who's yep. a white guy pretends to be, he deleted his account yeah. last night. So say what you want about Sean King, obviously a fraud, a, uh, a, a pretend African-American is so upset by a real African-American buying Twitter. He deleted his account and I took a quick look at it. He had over a million followers. Yeah. I know there's a way you can get those back, right? If you don't you do it within like two weeks, this yeah, it stays. But he he um he was getting a lot of crap because he said Musk buying this was white power, and everyone I think had enough of him. White power. That's right. He said it's not left versus right. It's uh, more of whatever uh, white power. Another example of white power. White. What, what? These people have lost their minds. Here's how great this move by Musk is. The ACLU is upset. The ACLU is is railing against it. That would be the American Civil Liberties Union. The American Civil Liberties Union, now granted, they're not what they used to be. They're just another tool of the far left, uh, American-hating far left. They're upset that a man bought this large social media platform and said, we're not going to censor. The ACLU is pissed. That's how great. That's consider that they're they're, <laughs> they're upset that a man wants to re- let everybody speak. He calls it the town square, a sense ostensibly the modern day town square, and he thinks everybody should have a voice. And the ACLU is pissed. Here's Rob Reiner, meathead, loud loud voice on the left. He says, now that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, the question for all of us is, will he allow a criminal who used this platform to lie and spread disinformation, disinformation to try to overthrow the U.S. government to return and continue his criminal activity? And if he does, how do we combat it? I suggested on yesterday, on, on the heels of yesterday's news, that he light himself on fire, maybe in front of the Supreme Court. 
the way uh, that climate change lunatic did. But uh, I don't think Meathead's going to do that. But this is what they fear, that Donald Trump will be allowed to tweet. I'll say it again. Why do they fear that? Trump does as much damage as he does good for his brand. More so damage, I think. When, when he does those, and I know he doesn't drink, but they sure seem like drunk tweets. <laughs> when he does, when he's got all the capital letters and misspellings and exclamation points, you really think that helps Donald Trump? I don't. Mm, some days, maybe, but uh, as a whole, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. But uh, the the answer to the question is, the big question, and to me, this is not the most important thing. And everybody says, if I heard somebody do an analysis of this yet, analysis of this yesterday and said, if Trump doesn't return to Twitter, then the whole thing is moot. That, that Musk's move here, Musk's investment is irrelevant. And I'm going, what? I, I, I mean, I'd like to see Trump return. I'd like to see everybody return. I'd like to see, um, you know, Babylon B return or, or uh, uh, Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, you name it, Alex Berenson. Uh, thousands of people, millions of people have been banned. I'd like to see them all come back and see, uh, you know, the, see this be a, a genuine town square where everybody's allowed to speak, to debate. And if you don't like them, as we said every day, block them, you know, block them, mute them. Don't listen to them. Don't debate them. This 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 idea that you don't like what they have to say, let's silence them, is madness. And when the ACLU and Liz Warren and Joy and all these crazy left-wing activists are upset, it tells you a lot. It tells you a lot that they, they, they fear this free exchange of ideas. They fear this robust date. But we have an answer, take it what it's worth. Donald Trump, and this is a statement, right? He's, he told Fox News this yesterday. He did not come out. He did not post anything because he can't, but uh, <laughs> he doesn't even post on True Social yet, correct? Yeah, he said he's going to start in the next seven days or something like that. And then the True Social people, do, Devin Nunez is their CEO, Donald Trump Jr. They're putting on a bold face. They're saying, good, glad to have Elon Musk, glad to have Twitter open things up. but. Donald Trump will not return to Twitter. He writes uh, in a statement, I am not going on Twitter. I'm going to stay on truth. Trump told Fox News. I hope Elon buys Twitter because he'll make improvements and he is a good man, but I'm going to stay on truth. What we're finding is that the response to truth is much better than being on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Noted that Twitter, Twitter became very boring because conservatives were thrown off the platform when I left. The bottom line is I am not going back to Twitter. Now, how long does that last? Uh, we'll check. A <laughs> By month. the end of the day, <laughs> uh, as everybody sort of agrees, he won't be able to help himself at some point because he knows just how crazy that will drive people. Just how, not, I mean, Rob Reiner, he might light himself on fire if Trump, Trump's back on Twitter. You know, the whole left I mean, the, the whole crazy left, the Trump hating left, the New York Times and all, you know, everybody, Liz Warren, these people will lose their minds when he first starts tweeting. Even if it'll, if it's totally incoherent and totally crazy and it's stupid, which it might be, 
they'll lose their minds. They just don't want him to speak. They don't want him to be allowed to speak. It's bizarre. It's, it's, it's not healthy. They should, they should move on and they should be glad Trump's back on Twitter because he's their best hope at stopping uh, DeSantis in my opinion. But as far as I could tell, Sean King, also known as Talcum X is the only one who the only big name, again, a million followers, I, I can't believe that a million people care what that fraud has to say. How many followers does Rachel Dolezal have? <laughs> uh, but as far as I can tell, he's the only one who's actually followed through with the threat and deleted his account. Um, we will see if others follow suit because things are opening up. I'm not going to say I'm adding, you know, tens of thousands of followers, but I added a bunch and I got some retweets and some likes from people who hadn't I hadn't seen before, or at least not lately. So I think the algorithm is changing. And I know algorithms. You know, I went to Massachusetts public schools. I know my algorithms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it is the, for the people in Silicon Valley, for the frauds who did all the censoring and the shadow banning. The reason this is particularly scary is that Elon Musk is a very smart man a, and, and, and an engineer and an inventor and an innovator. He understands. He knows what an algorithm is. If Donald Trump bought Twitter, people used to talk about that like he could afford it, $44 billion. Um, but just say some titan of industry, some uh, uh, guy made a hostile take, uh, Warren Buffett bought it or someone like that. They wouldn't know what the algorithm is. If you showed it to them, explained it to them, they still wouldn't know. And I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Musk is a rare breed. He's a bold innovator, but he's also a very smart engineer. He knows right now. And he said he's going to make it public. He's going to make the algorithm public. Won't that be wild? The day we find out exactly how they shadow banned and, and, and suspended people, why, who made the call, what the impetus was, and how much it affected their their following and their interactions. If we're going to find that out. According to Musk, he's going to make that public, and we're going to find out how they chose which guys to ban and which guys to suspend and which tweets they flagged. That stuff is going to be amazing because I think we're going to find out that these people were out of control. They think of it. They just went after the big names, I mean, literally Donald Trump, the biggest name guy with, what did he have? 80 million followers. Yep. And, and, and Tucker Carlson and Babylon B and, you know, they went after big names in order to intimidate smaller names and what's, uh, and it worked, it worked. People were afraid to tweet about Rachel Levine afraid to tweet about Fauci or, or, uh, you know, whatever the Pfizer. So they, so they, their, they, their whole goal was to advance their political agenda, which is, is apparently coming to an end today. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Can't wait to see how this thing all unfolds. I just mentioned what a, uh, what a great week it was. It truly is. I'm glad. I mean, here's from our friend, Bobby Burrick at, at uh, Outkick. He tweets, in the past week, ready? Mm-hmm. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Sean King deleted Twitter. John Stewart found out nobody likes his show. <laughs> CNN, CNN Plus died. Joe Rogan added 
2 million new subscribers. Jamel Hill failed again. Bamani Jones failed again. A judge struck down the travel mask mandate and Spotify dropped the Obamas. <laughs> White people. Talk about a week of winning. Uh, I think you're going to add to that. Maybe not within the next couple of days, but one of these days, here's what's going to happen. Donald Trump senior, you know, Donald Trump Jr. is going to say, you got to stay off Twitter. We need it for truth. Devin Nunez, all his advisors, his board, his executives are going to say, don't tweet. It's, uh, it's not going to help Truth social. And then Donald Trump will be whatever late at night, you know, whatever watching TV, he'll be watching Fox news. Something will piss him off. He'll grab his phone. It'll be typical Donald Trump tweet. It'll be capital letters and exclamation points. And the election was stolen and, and, and he'll send that out and it will rock the world. It will be like, Holy crap. Donald Trump is back. Here's and here's that, what the problem with True Social though is I'm still if you look at the, if you're watching along here's my screen I'm still waitlisted. That is the problem is people can't I, get on it. Well, I heard that they were going to take everyone off the waitlist very soon. I I heard in an interview with Devin Nunes. We'll see. I mean, I I heard very I heard from you and others how frustrating it was. So I'm waiting. I'm going to wait till it's easy to get on there. But uh, right now. It's all about Twitter, and this is this is not good news for True Social. I mean, I know no. they're spinning it and saying, you know, they're happy. This uh, this is not good news for Parler or Gab or anybody. It's it's good news for Twitter, Twitter users, Twitter followers. Um, they, they, I saw an, an amazing statistic this morning about how Twitter is the place to go for politicians, for media people, for political pundits. So it is indeed the town square for those kind of, you know, imp- important people. Uh, that's why this is such a big deal. But in terms of money making, in terms of revenue, Google generates $270 billion in ads per year. Facebook, $110 billion. Twitter, $5 billion. Twitter is a fraction the size of, of, of Google and Facebook when it comes to uh, generating ad revenue. Mm-hmm. But that's, that doesn't matter. This is the place, the movers, the shakers, you know, the, the policymakers, that's where they go to, to see what people are saying and to, and to send their messages out. And this is, you know, this is where you know, policies made agendas are advanced. So it is important. And I think you're going to see, immediate changes. Hell, somebody let Tucker Carlson out of Twitter jail last night. You know, somebody did. He just bought the company and whatever, an hour later, Tucker Carlson's back on there. I was surprised that, uh, that the Babylon B was not, they tweet, they had a pretty funny tweet of them sitting in jail, literally sitting in jail (laughs) with their phones waiting to be allowed to post, but we'll see. I'd like to see, there's lots of Juanita Broderick, who was raped by Bill Clinton. That's her claim to fame, but she's really good on Twitter. She's, she's a right wing nut, but she's kind of funny people like that. There's a whole second tier, a third tier of people who've been banned and, and you don't even know about it because they're not as famous as Trump or Tucker, but they'll all start trickling back. I'm sure. And we will find out according to Musk, we will find out what the algorithm, what the rules were 
that these these little authoritarian punks in Silicon Valley were enforcing the last few years. Like that, uh, uh, that guy that we were talking about before the show, Ari yeah, Melber. I was going to say, the, the, we got to do this MSNBC guy. You have to hear this to believe it. If you want to hear someone who is in a bubble, in a Washington, <laughs> a New York, a cellar bubble, you have to hear this guy from MSNBC. You want to play now? You want to get to our wonderful sponsors, and then we'll get to... What's his name again? Ari Melber. Uh, Ari Melber. He looks familiar. He's just another MSNBC, uh, you know, left-wing nut job. But um, you're not going to believe the commentary he has on what's what could what could happen now that Musk has Twitter. And we'll get to this uh, hero who lost his life at the border, Bishop Evans. Speaking of, you're not going to believe. You're not going to believe the reaction of the White House. First of all. I'm not sure Biden, Joe Biden, has, has to, to this point has uh, issued a you know condolences to the family. Maybe he has, or maybe someone did it for him. He doesn't care. I mean, this is just a collateral damage for his effort to change the demographics. And Bishop Evans was the uh, National Guardsman who drowned trying to save two drug dealers. And uh, if you thought the White House was going to feel bad about this, uh, you, you were wrong. And uh, and speaking of Lori Lightfoot, we got to get to Lori Lightfoot's reaction to the bloodiest weekend in Chicago in a long, long time. But first, let me tell you about what do we got? We got uh, CM Brain. We got, uh, ooh, Callahan Coffee. Why not? Why not? You got your Callahan Coffee there, Ironhead? As we've been telling you, this is our first branded product. It's the best damn coffee you'll ever drink. That's what it says here, right in the spot Graham wrote for me. It is the it is damn good, I have to say. Proudly roasted to order in Waltham, Mass. We ensure that you're getting the freshest and highest quality coffee possible delivered right to your door. The feedback has been terrific. It has indeed. So you're off the hook, Ironhead. You were nervous. If the people didn't like this, I was going to blame you. Mm. But they like it, so you get all the credit. If you want to enjoy, you want to try Callahan Coffee, I'd recommend it. It's dark. It's rich. It's bold. It's really good coffee. Everybody, experts all agree, it is really good coffee. Just go to CallahanCoffee.com and click the link in our social media to order some now. Get some for Mother's Day, Father's Day, get some for whatever, for for the hell of it. Just to try it or just to support us. That is CallahanCoffee.com. All right, let's talk about Siempre Tequila. I got your new spring drink here. This is perfect for spring and summer. Siempre was founded in 2015 by Alex and Monica. They took their life savings and started making tequila. It wasn't much, but they made it count. Uh, they figured if it was their favorite drink, the world might agree. Besides, it had to be good because they knew they'd be drinking a lot of it. Well, after they won a few awards and a ton of hard work, Siempre has grown into over 20 markets around the world. It's won multiple awards. It's made traditionally in a small Mexican town called Tequila. How cool is that? Siempre means always. The rose on the bottle symbolizes Beauty in both life and death, good and bad. It's 100% Blue Weber Agave from both the highlands and lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico. They use volcanic spring water to make a siempre. Famous people drink it, but there's never going to be a celebrity owner or a celebrity spokesman. Siempre wants you to be your own celebrity. So ask for siempre at your local wine and spirit store or find it online at shop.com. 
SiempreTequila.com. That is Siempre, S-I-E-M-P-R-E, shop.SiempreTequila.com. All right, let's get to oh, got the, We got some good stuff here today, I have to say. Some crazy, you know, I, know, I love nothing better than liberals uh, just melting down or, you know, lighting themselves on fire. Figuratively, <laughs> figuratively. We got some of that today, but we have to get to this nut who really has gone under the wire. He's a longtime MSNBC, you know, lunatic lefty, but he hasn't done much that I remember that that's really left a mark. And now we know why he is the single most unaware <laughs> pundit uh, media person there is out there. His reaction to, to Elon Musk buying Twitter and what might happen, you know, worst case scenario, now that you have this big tech billionaire in charge of uh, Twitter, uh, what might happen is just remarkable. Let's listen to, uh, what's the name again, Ari Melber? Ari Melber. Ari Melber, breaking down and analyzing the situation with Musk and Twitter. Go ahead, Ari. You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. Uh, is, is that it? You want to play, play the whole thing? Uh, I, is that all we got? Yeah. He goes on and on. Anyway, anyway, this is a guy who thinks that it could help some, he could behind the scenes mess with the numbers and help one candidate and hurt the other. And we won't find out about it till after the election. <laughs> oh, gee, do you really think that could happen? Ari, where have I idiot? heard this one before? <laughs> that, that, that is, that tells you so much about these people. Is he even aware of what, of Hunter Biden's laptop is he even aware what Twitter with that, with Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, what they did with Mar Hunter I mean, it's the greatest political scandal of all time. You have Hunter Biden's laptop with proof that Joe Biden, the candidate, was uh, peddling influence, selling his name, his office to the Chinese, the communist Chinese, and to other countries, Kazakhstan and Ukraine and Russia, making a fortune. He's the big guy. He gets 10%. Hunter does is the bag man. He gets the money, shares it with Biden. We know it. It's all on. It's all on the laptop. It wasn't hearsay. It wasn't, I heard a rumor. It is there. There is proof. There's a book. Read it. It's called The Laptop from Hell by Miranda Devine. Great read. Uh, Eye-opening. They suppressed that. Big tech suppressed that. They lied and said it was Russia disinformation. And they got 51 uh, intelligence officials to lie. And by the way, when are they going to be held accountable? I'd love to know. Never. They all lied. They all lied. They made it up, says Russian information. They wouldn't let you read the story in the New York Post. You weren't allowed to tweet about it, to talk about it, to post about it. It was the ultimate in election, in rigging the election. They rigged the election. Big Tech did. Jack Dorsey did. Mark Zuckerberg did. It was clear. We learned about it recently when the New York Times and Washington Post said, well, you know, it really does turn out it is real. 
there's a there's montages out there, compilations of these people on MSNBC flat out saying, oh, it's Russia did for mission. You lied, Ari. You lied. Joy Reid and Joe Scarborough and, and Jake Tapper and the rest of these scumbags, they lied in order to affect an election. What Elon Musk isn't the problem. He's the solution, you clown. We'll see how it all turns out, but the scenario that you're in you're afraid of, it already happened. Yeah. You clown. It already happened. And that's one of the reasons Elon Musk now owns Twitter because of you and people like you who played along with that scandal, who lied and said, that's Russian. Not only do we think it's Russian disinformation, we think it's too dangerous to allow, to trust the American people to read it and make their own judgments. By the way, did you hear Taylor Lorenz? We don't really, we don't have to get into her today, but that, that crazy Washington Post reporter who cried and said she thought about suicide because she was doxxed. And then two days later was doxing other people as part of, you know, a Washington Post assignment. The reason she said that she had to pursue the identity of the person behind the libs of TikTok account was it might be a foreign actor. It might be a bad actor. So she's exposing this because it might be a foreign person. They use the exact rationale for not reporting the Hunter Biden laptop. So if you're the Washington Post, you're allowed to expose an anonymous Twitter user, uh, Twitter account, because it might be some foreigner. But you aren't, you won't allow your readers to read about the laptop because that might be some foreign actor. So they suppress the laptop for the same reason they expose libs of TikTok, just to keep that straight in case you were trying to keep track of their hypocrisy. But uh, let's get to uh, the White House. Let's get to uh, Jen Psaki, Ginger Goebbels. If you haven't been been following the story, uh, National Guard Specialist Bishop Evans, 22 years old, do you have a picture of Bishop Evans for, uh, I mean, just young and healthy and strong and a whole life ahead of him and obviously devoted to his job. He jumped in the Rio Grande to save two drowning illegal immigrants. We found out later they were drug traffickers. So two of the lowest form of life, two absolute scum uh, trying to break into our country deal fentanyl, kill Americans, invited, obviously invited by Joe Biden and the Biden regime. They want everybody, drug dealers, drug traffickers, uh, come on in, you know, freeloaders, people who would want to just scam the system, come on in. Would they want as many illegal immigrants to, to, to enter our country, to cross the border, to swim across the river as possible because they view them all as future Democrat voters. It's a pretty simple scenario. But the Biden regime is lawless. They're breaking the law. They're they're putting them on planes and flying them all around the country. They're giving them phones. They're treating them. They're giving them lawyers. So if you're a, a legal immigrant and you come into this country, you have to pay for your own lawyer. If you're an illegal immigrant, the taxpayers will pay for your lawyer who will help you gain, gain the system. Anyway, this young stud, Bishop Evans, jumps in tries to save the two drug traffickers. He drowns. It's sad. It's the first uh, 
death of a of a guard of a person at the border of a of a U.S. authority uh, 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 figure in the at the at the border in a long time. It's sad. I mean, think of think of him. Just think of him. He didn't care that they were illegal immigrants or even drug dealers. He was just trying to save them. That's what you do, and that's that's you know what people do who are in the service. And uh, he dies, he drowns, and they didn't find his body till yesterday. And um, Jen Psaki, uh, again, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check the latest. Maybe Biden is, you know, someone is Biden's uh, circle has tweeted. Biden, by the way, I believe when the news broke that they found his body was on the golf course. He didn't release a statement. He didn't say anything. Again, he doesn't care. It's collateral damage. The goal is to get as many future Democrats over the river, over the border as possible. And you would think he would care about this young stud black guy, by the way, young stud black. But he cares about the young drug dealing, you know, illegal immigrants from all over the world because he's hoping they'll come here and vote for his team. Two votes. So here's Jen Psaki asked about it. And notice, this is a woman, hold on one sec, who I will remind you, cried the other day, broke down in tears because Florida doesn't want teachers to talk to six-year-olds about transgenderism. She broke down in tears because she thought that was cruel, cruel for teachers to teach and not indoctrinate. Let's see how much emotion she shows when she's talking about young Bishop Evans who gave his life trying to save two drug dealers in the Rio Grande. Go ahead. Does the White House feel any responsibility for his death, given that uh, there's reporting that he lost his life, uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs? This is a problem that, you know, the administration has been facing for some time, and obviously as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Does the White House feel at all responsible, and what... What more can you offer to people who, you know, are on the border, in border communities, who are experiencing loss and and trials like this? Well, of course, we are mourning the the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in this this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, We've we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system, and we would welcome any efforts to uh, for for any elected officials to work with us on that. Boy, she's heartbroken, huh? Yeah, and that is Real, that is one cold woman. Real broken that is, up. That is one cold-hearted woman. She would like to remind us he works for Texas. Well, the reason he's working at the border, the reason he's jumping in the river, is because your border patrol is undermanned, overwhelmed which is how you designed it. You want these people to make it across the river. You don't want someone like Bishop Evans stopping them. These people, this is, if if um, Republicans control the, the Congress, this day one is grounds for impeachment. This is uh, flouting the law intentionally, purposely, and getting Americans killed. Not just Bishop Evans, but getting, you know, 100,000 people killed last year from fentanyl poisonings and other 
crimes committed by people who snuck over the border, which has been wide open since the day Joe Biden was inaugurated. Uh, and they mock and they, they laugh at the, at the wall and oh the wall didn't do, I mean, the, things change like that when Biden was, uh, uh, took office because they wanted them to, this is by design. Who do you think puts them on the planes and flies them to, to Buffalo and flies them to, you know, Minneapolis and lets them go and says, here's your phone, here's your money, you know, enjoy yourself. Don't forget, vote Democrat. I mean, it's this unbelievable scandal that, uh, was just uh, kind of illuminated this week when we, when this poor guy lost his life and the uh, White House showed zero remorse, zero. I mean, that is just unbelievably. He works for the state. What do you want us to do? He, he works for Texas. Oh, I I love how these uh, people who are one hundred percent behind Black Lives Matter don't seem to care that this uh, uh, this they don't think, seem to think this Black Lives Matter a whole lot, Bishop Evans, but. All right, let's uh, let's do Shay, and then we're going to tell you about another person who doesn't give a damn about Black Lives, and another big BLM supporter who doesn't care about Black Lives, Lori Lightfoot. I'm I'm going to say another uh, another new low from these people, but who knows? It'll uh, just give them a day. But uh, let's do Shay, and then we'll also also I got a question about Ben Simmons, the biggest. Uh, uh, ben Simmons, who, by the way, has taken a beating like I've never seen anybody take Brutal. the uh, 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 the alleged New Jersey Nets point guard. I, I don't know that he actually, I mean, Brooklyn Nets point guard. I'm not sure that he ever actually played in the NBA. I need to see video. I need video proof. I've never actually seen him play in the NBA. Uh, word is he was, you know, a stud, a star, but I don't know. You have to prove it to me. But first, let me tell you about Shea. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man- manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800 696 S-H-E-A, or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. All right, let's, let's, let's get to this space alien, Lori Lightfoot. This is amazing. This is the Chicago mayor, if you don't know. If you think you have a bad mayor, and I'm in Boston, and I do, take a look at Chicago. This, this, I mean, this is amazing. You look at her, and like no one else, you look at her and think, how does anyone vote for that? How does anyone support this? She's you know, the mayor of the most violent city in the country, and it just gets worse every week. And she is, doesn't seem phased. I'll give you the rundown from last weekend. I used to do this every week. I should start doing it again. But Chicago over the weekend, 42 shot, eight dead. 42 shot. I'm going to guess all 42 were uh, black men, black men and boys, young men. Oh, maybe there was a stray bullet that hit like a three-year-old girl. But for the most part, young 
men, gang guys, you know, and, and all black. And we know, God knows black lives matter. So I assume all those big BLM fans are in Chicago right now. I assume Al Sharpton and Ben Crump, they're walking the streets of Chicago saying no more. It is amazing. Have you ever seen like a March in Chicago where you have these people and let's face it, they're all millionaires. Now the black lives matter crowd, the build large mansions crowd. They're all, uh, they'll be, you know, whatever if it, and if a cop kills someone like, uh, uh, last week in Grand Rapids, they're there, man. They're there. If the cops white, this case, 42 people are shot and you don't hear a word. Don't hear a word about it, but listen to the mayor when she's asked about this incredible spike in violent crime in her city. Listen to what this lunatic says in reaction. Go ahead. And folks, just wait till Memorial Day and our summer. It will be the summer of joy in Chicago. And folks, <laughs> the summer of joy. This is in a press conference where she was asked about the 42 <laughs> shot. Yeah. Just wait till Memorial Day. So she thinks when it gets warmer and school's out, that the gang violence will go away. That is amazing that that is a, that is a mayor of a big city. It says, it says here too, that 1500 police officers have left and they've only replaced 400. Right. Cops are are leaving in droves because she doesn't support them and they're not replacing them. It is going to get much, just wait for Memorial day. You're going to see the summer of blood and carnage and death. Remember how Biden predicted the winter of death? death. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the summer of death, and this lunatic, this this space alien mayor is just going to uh, just laugh it off. I guess that's nice. Just laugh it off. But uh, that is scary. But all right, before we go, I wanted to mention this because I've never, that I can recall, seen a player take more of a beating from the media than Ben Simmons, the, the alleged Brooklyn Nets point guard who sat out the series as the Celtics swept him. And just the vitriol of, of, I mean, he, he deserves it. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but um, somebody pointed this out yesterday said, so Ben Simmons quit on his team. Ben Simmons had whatever injury back. I don't even know what the injury is, but it's also a mental thing. He wasn't ready to come back. He didn't come back. Ben Simmons, by the way, who's got three years and I think a hundred and some million left on his contract. He gets paid like 30 million a year to not play unless, you know, he's in the mood. Well, he didn't play. He watched his team get swept. And afterwards, the knives, the long knives were out for Ben Simmons. He was just savaged. And uh, Reggie Miller led the charge when when they announced he wouldn't play game four. Reggie was killing him. And he should. Guys like Reggie Miller, guys who showed up in big games, Mm -hmm. they should kill him. I mean, Ben Simmons isn't over there, you know, with a you know, a boot or a cast or whatever, his arm in a sling. He's just sitting on the bench in some weird hippie outfit watching his team go down in flames. He didn't show up for game four yesterday, last night, uh, of course. He just stayed away, stayed home. And you wonder, like, is he laying on the couch watching on TV? Does he feel bad? I mean, this guy, I'm going to assume, is a basket case. Oh, yeah. I'm going I'm to assume he's lost all confidence. He just doesn't have the nerve to suit up and get out there and play. But that doesn't matter. He still just, he was still savaged as a gutless, spineless coward by everybody in the media, especially, by the way, Stephen A. Do we have Stephen A. on uh, Ben Simmons? Let's listen to Stephen A.'s take on the uh, 
the no-show Nets point guard. Jalen's different than me. I feel bad for anybody who was his teammate. He quit on LSU. He quit on the Philadelphia 76ers. And now he ain't showing up for the Brooklyn Nets. We can point to all the excuses, all the rationale behind it that we want to. I do recall, despite him not playing, he still filed a grievance to collect $20 million that he has not earned. This is one of the most pathetic situations that I've ever seen in my life. He ain't going to war. He ain't going to the octagon. He's not going in a boxing ring. It's pulling teeth to get this man to play basketball. It's pathetic. It's sad. And at the end of the day, when the NBA gets in the collective bargaining table and they go after the players in terms of a pay-for-play stipulation in the collective bargaining agreement, it's going to be called the Ben Simmons rule. You know what? There's no there's no defense for Ben Simmons, I guess. I guess uh, I haven't heard anyone make a defense, but I will ask this. Uh, somebody pointed this out yesterday. Simone Biles quit on her team at the Olympics uh, gymnast, and we talked about it here. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I defended her in this regard. It's, it was more dangerous. You know, she didn't have the confidence to do whatever the stunt, the double flip thing, she could break her neck. And on top of that, get a zero from the judges and hurt her team. So I defended the, whatever the decision to not to go out there and do every event and take a chance. If you didn't have the confidence, she should have deferred, let a teammate take her place, which she did. That's fine. You could say she has mental, you know, she has mental problems, confidence problems, and she couldn't do her job. The, the difference is Ben Simmons is vilified. Simone Biles won every award. I just did a little search uh, on, on, uh, on her awards. She won everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she, she won, I don't know what that is, uh, the BBC Personality of the Year. She won an ESPY. How about this one? She re- she received the best championship performance by ESPN at the ESPYs. She won the People's Choice Award. She won, I believe it was the Time Magazine Athlete of the Year. She was honored. It wasn't like she was given a pass. She was honored by everybody for her heroics because she said she had mental health issues and couldn't go. Now, if Ben Simmons did that, if he just said, I don't really have the confidence, you think the Time Magazine would name her <laughs> Sportsman of the Year? Yeah, she <laughs> she had the uh, the twisties is what it's called. So twisties, she, right. She right. like lost where she would be in the air. But the difference between her and Ben Simmons is she said she can't go, but she was still right there cheering everyone on louder than anyone in the building. He went home because he was going to get shit on by the audience. Well, he, well, he was there for game three, but you're right, in game four. But so what? That's how we judge them on how loud they cheer? This is what's was, amazing. She wasn't hiding I, I from it. I forgot this. She was on the cover of Time Magazine Athlete of the Year because she quit on the, the on her team at the Olympics. Again, if she didn't think she could do the stunts and thought she might break her neck, I understand. I said that at the time. Don't go. Say, I just can't do it. How does that make you time athlete of the year? I, I don't remember last year how many athletes, you know, uh, Tom Brady, he won the Super Bowl in 2021, just to name one. But think of any, you know, name anybody in the major league. How about, uh, uh, what's his name? The uh, the pitcher DH for the for the the Angels. Uh, Trout. Uh, Shani. Sh- oh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. What about him? She beat him yeah. <laughs> for athlete of the year. 
if she'd gone out and won five golds, would she have won the award? Or was it just because she showed courage and said she didn't have the, the mental state, wasn't in the right mental state to do the, to do the jumps and the events. It is just a striking difference in the way we treat men and women. I realize they're not comparable, completely, you know, totally an alias, but a man quits on his team and he's a coward and a scoundrel and he's no good and the big, most pathetic thing Stephen A's seen. A woman quits and you're right, stays there, answers the questions and cheers on her team. She's athlete of the year. <laughs> I, I think she did compete after that, though. I think she just she missed one, one event. One. She, yeah. She, yeah, she won one medal. She was, you know, favored to win like five. Uh, she won four in 2016 in Rio. She withdrew from her events uh, and only competed in one, the final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she won a silver and uh, oh, a team event and a team silver and a balance beam bronze. That's what she won. Great, I commend her. My hats off to her. That doesn't make her athlete of the year. No, that's <laughs> I think we went a little overboard trying to uh, forgive young Simone where uh, Ben Simmons will never be forgiven. Ben Simmons will be considered a coward forever for not suiting up and trying to play. And the guys, you know, who watch guys like Reggie Miller and, you know, Jalen Rose, guys who played in the NBA know what his teammates are thinking, what his opponents are thinking. They're thinking what a gutless puke he is, but good. He deserves it. He's making, he's making you know, 30 million a year to not play, but I, we will leave it there for today. We have a one Biden gaffe if you'd like it. Oh, good. That's right. This is a little a quick one, right? Yep. A quick Biden gaffe. And uh, I'll just say the guys around him <laughs> got a big kick out of this one. They got a big, they had a big laugh out of this one, but let's listen. Joe Biden was honoring who he was talking about the NHL. Who was he honoring? Who won the Stanley Cup? The Lightning, I think. Oh, yeah. The Lightning. Whatever you say. The Lightning won the Cup, so he was honoring them at the White House, and he thought he'd mention the NHL commissioner. But uh, let's listen to Joe. I want to thank Commissioner Gary Batman and for being here as well. And uh, at the risk of stating the obvious here, it's a pretty good time to be in a sports fan. I don't, even, I don't even know who the player is behind him, and he just starts laughing. Gary Batman. Gary Batman. He wants, he wants to. Uh, he wants to mention Gary Batman. So, just another day in the life of our commander in chief. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm sure, he's a big fan of Gary Batman. <laughs> you know what? I guarantee it was spelled right in the teleprompter. He just read it wrong. Yeah. He didn't write. But, no. Oh, that's a good way to end it. Good job, Ironhead. Thanks to you. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. We really appreciate it. Oh, I got to mention before I go, you can run with us on Sunday. I forgot to mention this yesterday. Remind me, there's a great 5K up at Andover, Massachusetts. I do it every year. Uh, Kirk Menahan has a team. I was on his team last year. I'm not sure if I'm on it this year. I don't think that even matters. He will race. We will race. He'll smoke me. He's younger and skinnier and faster, but I will finish. It's a great 5K uh, for in the memory of uh, Colleen Ritzer, a teacher who was murdered uh, up in Danvers. It's called the Ritzer Race or Step Up for Colleen. Go to stepupforcolleen.com or I believe ritzerrace.com. Just Google it and uh, we will tweet about it from the show account. You can sign up, you can show up, you can race and you can, you know, Maybe he can even meet Ironhead if he shows up. That'd be quite 
quite an honor, but it's a great race. Everybody wears pink. It goes through the Phillips Andover campus. It's a good route. The weather's going to be great. Show up Sunday morning, 9 a.m. in Andover and race for a great cause. But uh, maybe we will see you there. All right, that'll do it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks it takes Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.